One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I want to tell you about Hiro Onoda, a Japanese intelligence officer who fought in the Second World War right through until 1974, almost 30 years after the war actually ended. Alert listener Edison Elias suggested I get across the story of Hiro Onoda, and I am bloody glad I did because it's not every day you come across a bloke who keeps fighting a war for three decades after everyone else has wrapped up. Anoda was born in Wakayama Prefecture in Japan on the 19th of March 1922, and in 1940, at the age of 18, he joined the Imperial Japanese Army, the same year that Japan entered into a formal alliance with Nazi Germany and Italy. He trained in the intelligence services as a commando, learning the skills required for things like clandestine raiding, sabotage, guerrilla warfare, and other disruptive operations. And his service proper began in 1942. By this stage, of course, Japan's role in the Second World War has only expanded, particularly after their 1941 attack on the US port of Pearl Harbor. And to be honest, I'm not 100% sure what Anoda got up to between 1942 and 1944. And honestly, it doesn't really matter because we're going to skip ahead to the good stuff here anyway. So in late 1944, Anoda was sent off to the Philippines, specifically to a place called Lubang Island. And he was sent there with the following orders. He was to do everything he could to prevent the island from coming under Allied attacks, specifically to destroy things like airstrips and docks to prevent Allied landings. He was also given very strict instructions not to surrender to the Allies under any circumstances, but nor was he to take his own life. So a bit of a tricky needle to thread in some situations, you'd think. But finally, on top of all of this, he is told that no matter what, right, the Japanese authorities would come back for him. Whatever happens, they said, we will come back for you. So off he goes, off to Lubang Island, a little island to the southeast of Manila, uh, much of it covered in jungle, a couple of mountains. Today, there's around 20,000 people living there. And when he arrives, he meets up with the Japanese military contingent that are already stationed there. um, And it is here that he starts to run into some problems. Because he rocks up, he explains his, his assignment to the people that are there. He says, G'day, you blokes just been sent over from back home. How are you going? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Listen, I've been ordered to destroy the airstrips and the piers and whatever else does, you know, stop those bastard Americans landing here. So I'll just, uh, oh, what's that? Oh, don't blow up the airstrips and docks here? Hmm, all right. Well, the problem for Anoda was the officers in charge of the soldiers on the island outranked him. 
he was only a second lieutenant and there were officers who countermanded his orders and forbade him from fulfilling the sabotage that he'd been told to perpetrate. And so Anoda, as a dutiful officer himself, he listened to those officers that outranked him. He obeyed them when they said not to go and destroy stuff. And you can imagine his, his disappointment. You know, he's been sent there to blow stuff up. What fun that would have been. But no, he doesn't do it. Instead, he just chills out, unable to fulfill his orders. He just takes it easy. Uh, until, that is, the 28th of February 1945, when the Americans show up along with their Filipino allies. And would you look at that? They say, look at all of these convenient places for us to land our planes and dock our ships. Anoda's failure to fulfil his mission meant that, as the Japanese authorities had worried, it meant that the Allies were able to land on Lubang Island, no worries at all, and it's not long before the island is under Allied control, with all but four of the Japanese soldiers there either dead or captive. But not Anoda. He and three other soldiers that escaped fled through the jungle and into the mountains, and it's there that they kept up the fight for the Japanese for a very long time indeed. Onoda is the ranking officer, and so he takes command of this ragtag bunch of leftovers composed of Corporal Shoichi Shimada and Privates Yuichi Akatsu and Kinchichi Kazuka, as well as obviously Onoda himself. And the four of them conduct raids, attempt to sabotage Allied operations on the island, and generally just make great big nuisances of themselves wherever they could, while avoiding capture at all costs, of course. However, there is one problem on the horizon. And that problem is the end of the Second World War. In September, formal hostilities came to an end with Japan's ultimate surrender. And, ah, well, you might think, look, you blokes did your best. Time to come down from the mountains and, you know, go back home, get on with your lives. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Not at all. First of all, these blokes in September didn't even know the war was over. How could they? They're hiding away in the jungle in the mountains. They, so they, they keep going. And then, right, a month later, in October 1945, because the locals are so bloody sick of these wacko Japanese soldiers still carrying on like pork chops, pretending the war is still going, they leave a little note for Anoda and his mates to find. This, this note explains that the war has ended, they should come down from the mountains and rejoin society. And Anoda and the other three, when they find this note, they carefully examine it, they debate as to whether it is indeed genuine and determine it to be... A dastardly lie, allied propaganda, a ruse to trick them into falling into allied custody. But then more leaflets arrive, dropped this time from the sky by planes with specific orders from Japanese General Tomoyuki Yamashita to hold out forces scattered across places like Lubang Island in the Philippines. And these leaflets explained that the war, yes, is indeed over. It is time for holdout forces like Anoda's to come forth and surrender themselves. But Anoda sees this and decides, no, more foul lies. He and his boys aren't going to be tricked by such a transparent ploy. The fight goes on. And so these four kept fighting. They would emerge from the jungle, get into shootouts with local police, steal stuff from local residents, burn and destroy crops and food, and continue to make a nuisance of themselves, sometimes, unfortunately, even going as far as killing people. And you can imagine, the locals absolutely loved this, didn't they? These bloody Japanese pricks still hanging out, behaving like the war's still going on. But this is what happened. Not just for months, but for years. One of the four men, Akatsu, he left in 1949, but the other three continued their guerrilla campaign of sabotage against the, 
well, against the local fishermen, it seems, all for the glory of Imperial Japan, in 1952, seven years after the war had finished, another airdrop arrived for Onoda and his two men, this time with letters and photos from their families telling them to just please come home. But they, once again, decide that it's a trick. And here's where I really start to wonder what's going through their heads. Because sure, back in 1945, it might have been a ruse by the Allies to rid themselves of these turbulent guerrilla fighters. But come on, mate, it's been years. Don't you think you don't you think you should at least check? Nope. Anoda and the others, they keep up the fight until 1954 when one of Anoda's men, uh, Shimada, is shot and killed by a search party that is looking for the Japanese holdouts. And this is the second time that Shimada has been shot uh, in the, well, not in the line of duty, in the line of living in the jungle like a wacko with no interest in fact-checking, I guess. But anyway, whatever the case, with Shimada out for the count from 1954 onwards, it's just the two of them. It's just Onoda and Kazuka fighting a war that ended years and years ago. And as time goes on, as more and more years pass, these two keep fighting. It wasn't until 1972 that Kazuka gave up, and that was only because he was shot to death by local cops as he he and Anoda were burning a stockpile of rice belonging to local farmers. Honestly, these two, what a pain in the ass it must have been for the locals. Bloody hell, decades and decades of putting up with them fighting the Second World War, which ended in 1945. Anyway, even the death of his final comrade in arms wasn't going to put Anoda off. He's now 50 years old, but he's just as determined as he's ever been to keep up the fight. And for the next two years, until 1974, Anoda remained steadfast in fighting the Second World War for Japan until on the 20th of February, he met a bloke named Norio Suzuki. Suzuki had come to Lubang Island specifically to look for Anoda. He had also famously said he'd look for the abominable snowman after that. And he found him, too. So, the two fellas, after meeting up, they got chatting and Suzuki explained that, yes, indeed, those pamphlets all the way back then had been telling the truth. The war did, in fact, end back in 1945. But get this. Onoda is still not convinced. In order for him to surrender, he says, he is going to need specific orders from a superior officer. Otherwise, he's staying right there in the jungles and mountains of Lubang Island, doing what he's been doing for almost 30 years. So, off Suzuki goes back to Japan with a photo of the pair of them as proof, and he shows this photo to the Japanese government and explains the situation. Realising that Anoda has been causing nothing but headaches for over 28 years and realising that he's still waiting for them to come back for him, the Japanese actually go to quite some lengths to resolve the situation. Believe it or not, by order of the Emperor himself, Anoda's former commanding officer, Yoshimi Taniguchi, who was now just a bookseller, the war a long way behind him, was called back up for one last brief bit of military service. He was ordered to go to Lubang Island and told to personally relieve Anoda of his duties once and for all. And that's what happened. Taniguchi, who is an old man by now, just like Anoda, heads off to Lubang Island and ends up keeping the promise that he made to Anoda that he would one day come back for him. Taniguchi ordered Anoda to stand down and give up the fight, and so... On the 9th of March, 1974, the Second World War finally ended for Hiro Onoda. 
Although, it continued for a different bloke, Teruo Nakamura, another Japanese holdout, this time located in Indonesia, who didn't surrender until December 1974. Anyway, Inoda returned to Japan. He refused the back pay that was offered to him by the Japanese government, and he wrote a book about his experiences. However, he didn't seem to like the new Japan he found himself in, and he didn't like all the attention that he got, understandable, after living in the jungle for almost three decades. And so he moved to Brazil. He spent almost 10 years in Brazil as a cattle farmer before finally returning to Japan, where he established a youth camp, the Onoda Nature School. Although, as he got older, he he may have had some some pretty troubling ultra-conservative and nationalist views, which is not ideal, but again, perhaps understandable for someone with his life experiences, which he had a lot of life experiences. Hiro Onoda lived until 2014 finally dying at the age of 91. And of those 91 years, he spent 32 of them fighting in the Second World War, which is a lot more than most people could say. 